released on Sunday, October 2nd, 2016. This Agile Life, Episode 119, Trust, Transparency, and Truth. This episode of This Agile Life is brought to you by Agile Dev East, the premier industry conference for Agile development professionals. To find out more, go to adceast.techwell.com. The software industry transforms more and more every day. Agile methods are quickly replacing traditional ones. The question is, are you agile enough? This podcast is devoted to agile and lean software development. Time to welcome your agile coaches on This Agile Life. Hello, I'm John Sextro here for another edition of This Agile Life. Up this week, we have a special edition of This Agile Life for you. This was a presentation that I recorded recently at Agile Gravy in St. Louis, Missouri. The topic for my presentation is called Trust, Transparency, and Truth. So without further ado, here is my presentation at Agile Gravy 2016. So my topic today is truth, transparency, and trust. There's a lot of alliteration in in my presentation today, so be prepared for that. First question I have for you is, do you trust me? So if you trust me, please raise your hand. Get them up there way high. D, you don't trust me? I don't know you. Okay. Why don't why why don't other people trust me? Don't know. Neem Neem knows me, so she doesn't trust me for that reason, right? Well, there's a lot of levels to trust too, right? I mean, you trusted me enough to come to the presentation today, so that's good. Uh, but but maybe you don't trust me well enough to uh, like for the people that trusted me. Would you give me your? Can I hold your driver's license for a while? Sure. Yeah. I can have yours. <laughs> <laughs> you just have to give me your driver's license, Joe. I can do a lot of bad things with that. So there's a lot of levels to trust, and we'll we'll talk a little bit about all the various levels of trust. Um, and, and I've got some things that we're going to do. So I'm going to hand these out. These are like little pieces of cardboard or something. And if everybody can get one of these, because we're going to, or if you have paper already that you can write on yourselves, we're going to write some things down. And then hopefully this is going to be a couple of things. This will tell you a little bit more about yourself, about how you feel about trust how you feel about transparency, and then it could be something that you guys could do as a retrospective exercise um, back, at, back at work. So I'm glad you guys trusted me enough to at least come today. That's a good start, and we'll, we'll hopefully we'll build some trust throughout the presentation today. Who can tell me what this is? Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs. Everybody that takes Psychology 101 has seen Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs. So we've got physiological needs. You need food. You need shelter. You need water. You know, without those things, people die after seven days or whatever it is. How many people watch Naked and Afraid? (laughs) Me too. One of my favorite shows. So you know you got to have food, shelter, water, those sorts of things. That, that's number one. Number two is safety needs. 
uh, safety needs is you know not being attacked by bears and not just physical safety though it's also mental safety it's psychological safety and then we've got social needs which is being part of a group so I think trust and safety kind of fall squarely into the section of two and three so trust and safety they're they're fundamental things that humans need and if you remember from your psychology class days you can't get really further past these things you can't progress up the pyramid until you've established a level of satisfaction in each of these areas you can't concern your, you can't do anything else at first without getting your, your physiological needs you've got to get those you can't think about writing software until that's met safety needs you can't really think about anything else until your safety needs are met so trust and safety are really important in teams so that we can make sure that we can get on to the business of creating great software. So here comes the, our first exercise part. You guys have got this, these cards. Who do you trust? Who are the people in your lives every day? Take a few minutes, start writing all of these people down one at a time. Who are the people that you trust? Your spouse, your mom, your dad, your co-workers. It's the people that you interact with every day. Maybe even, um, there's a guy I know, Mike, at the Quick Trip. I like Quick Trip. I go to Quick Trip a lot. I actually trust Mike at the Quick Trip. So who are all the people that you trust? Take a few minutes and write down who the people are that you trust. Once you've exhausted your list of who do you trust, then go back and rank the order of those people. Everybody gets one number. Number one is the person you trust the most. 99 is the person in your life that you trust the least. We're not going to share this with anybody. This is your information. You can be honest with yourselves. I think it's important to at least be honest with yourself and trust at least yourself. Who saw Meet the Parents? You got the, the circle of trust, right? And he's in the circle of trust. He's outside of the circle of trust. But as we established at the beginning of this, it's not as simple necessarily as being in the circle of trust or outside of the circle of trust. So there's rings. It's actually rings of trust, and there's concentric rings. In here is your deepest, darkest secrets, the things that you may not tell anybody, the things that you've done or felt that you don't want anybody to know about. So what I want you to do is, there's, I think there's, there's some more here. So we've got deepest, darkest secrets. We've got like your health and your life. Who would you trust with your health and your life? Who would you trust with your family? Maybe your children, maybe your parents, maybe your grandparents. Uh, who would you trust with your money? Who would you trust with your giving? Would you give me your driver's license? All the way out to... I don't know, making you a sandwich at, at McDonald's or something. So create yourself a little drawing of a series of concentric circles and then think about where your people are, your ranked people, and then maybe transfer those numbers into your circle so that you might have one here, two here, three here, four here, five here, six here, seven here. So you're mapping out across the circles where the people that you trust land. 
You map them all out on your circles, your circle of trust. So now you know who's in your circles of trust and who's outside of your circles of trust. This is something that you guys can do as a, as a retrospective exercise with your teams. You could ask people to do this. You could have them focus on the team. You could say, let's list all of the people on the team, rank them in the order that you trust them, map them out across uh, your circles, your rings, to help figure out where they, where they land, how much do you trust them. You maybe spend some more time talking about what each level of the rings means in the context of work. And then you can talk about, now how do we take the people that are lying out on the outer red ridges and bring them in? And so for the rest of this conversation, for the rest of this presentation today, I'm going to talk about trying to build trust. Okay? How many people have heard of something called modern agile? Good. We've got a few people. This is, this is, uh, this is the graphic for modern agile. A guy named Josh Karyevsky works for a company called um, uh, Industrial Logic, and he gave he's been giving he's been going around everywhere giving this presentation in 2016. I think he gave it at uh, Agile 2016. He was up at Detroit giving this presentation. So it, what he's done is taken the four axioms of Agile, the four tenets of Agile that we have today and evolve them to this next level of Agile. And he maps them like this. So we had working software, customer collaboration, responding to change, and individuals and interactions. And he's remapped them as making people awesome, delivering value continuously, experiment and learn rapidly, and make safety a prerequisite. And we're going to focus in, obviously, I think, on make safety a prerequisite. I'll tell you where you can find out more about the modern Agile stuff if you haven't seen that. I'll tell you more about that later in the presentation. So what are people doing? Does anybody want to share? What are you doing to make things safe on your development teams? Anyone want to share? Are you making things safe? Yes. Uh, we are because we are involving our QA from our Safer because they it's a quality product. Exactly. So you, you're sure you're not hurting hurting anyone with your software. Exactly. What are you doing to make things safe for the people that are working on the teams? Yes. No, no blame retrospectives. Great. No blame retrospectives. Joe? Yeah, I was going to say, you know, we're doing a, a retrospective prime directive and things like that before we get into emotional conversations. The retrospective prime directive. Assume that everyone has done their best, that they could. It's longer than that, right? It's, it's, it's kind of poetic. But it, come to the retrospective assuming that everyone has done their best. Christine, did you have yeah, one? Yeah, we have it hanging up in our team room right next to the board where we do our ceremonies. You recite it every morning like the Pledge of Allegiance. That's, yeah, hats off and everything. Right. Yeah. No kneeling? No kneeling. No yet. kneeling, yeah. okay. I recite no it before each retrospective. Very good. Recite it before each retrospective, remind everyone. Uh, so that's trying to create a safe space. And then... 2016, I've probably heard 
more people say safe spaces than ever before in my life because we talk about it, our people on the news talk about it constantly. Safe spaces, safe spaces at universities, safe spaces in business, safe spaces. So safety has become uh, maybe the, the, the biggest issue of 2016 other than everybody keeps dying, which I don't understand. Uh, so, the, so safety has, has become a, a true problem, a true issue that we're grappling with every day, not just in business, but across, uh, uh, across society. So safety, trust, we've got to have those things. We've got to have Maslow's hierarchy of needs met <coughs> in order to do things, in order to be satisfied as people, in order to enable us to think great thoughts, to write quality software, to make people awesome, which I think is ultimately kind of the goal that we all have uh, as, as developers, as people that are creating products, as people that are creating software, is what gets us out of bed every morning is that we're going and we're creating something that's going to make people awesome. So in the vein of making people awesome, we can't do that if we all have <coughs> safety and trust issues. Because what do we do? We spend our time worrying about, is Jill going to tell the boss that I was mean to her today? You can't write software if I spend all day thinking about, is Jill going to rat me out to the boss because I was mean to her? Or because I hurt her feelings, or because I hurt Tom's feelings because I told him I don't like Hillary, or I don't like Trump, or whatever the topic du jour is that day. So what are we going to do to keep things safe at work and make sure that we can make safety a prerequisite. We talked a little bit about what everybody's doing on their teams to help make safety a prerequisite. Having things like the prime directive for retrospectives, and that's kind of isolated down to maybe one hour, two hours every couple of weeks, where we really focus on safety so that we can share information. But what about making it all the time? What about making it safe all the time? And that's what Joshua is trying to do with Modern Agile, is he wants us to make our every day a safe space. He wants to make our development areas every day, every hour, every minute a safe space. How are we going to do that? This is the hardest thing that, that I grapple with. I ask all the time. So... Josh created a Slack channel for people that are interested in talking about Modern Agile. It's part of that Slack channel. We created a section devoted specifically to making safety a prerequisite. Because I don't know how to make safety a prerequisite. I don't know how to do it effectively, successfully, 100% of the time. Because I, it's easy for me to stand up there and say, the prime directive is that we don't say anything bad about everyone. We assume that everyone is coming here with good intentions. But those are just words. And does everybody really believe those words? Has everyone fully embraced those words? Are we really living those words all of the time? So our goal, our foundational goal, I think, is to make safety a prerequisite. Imagine, if you will, a situation where a man can tell no lies, can never tell anybody a lie, right? They made a movie about it, Liar Liar, with Jim Carrey, funny movie, kids love it. He's a lawyer, he lies 
as a profession. He makes a live livelihood out of wine. But all of a sudden, his son makes a wish on his birthday cake or whatever the thing is. I don't want my dad to be able to lie anymore. He can't tell lies. So imagine if we could no longer tell lies. How would that change our interactions on a daily basis? Do you like this for loop that I wrote here? No, that's the worst for loop I've ever seen. <laughs> Do you like the, my switch statement? No, I don't like your switch statement. It's horrible. We need to refactor that out into polymorphism. So imagine, if you will, a situation where you can't lie anymore. Making safety a prerequisite via transparency. That's where the transparency now comes into this conversation. What is transparency, you might ask yourself. Um, there's a man named Ray Dalio. Does anybody know who Ray Dalio is? Those people, you know what those people know. He's a, he's a smart guy. He, he runs a hedge fund. He has more money than God. And, uh, and he's, he's a true believer in transparency. He's built his life around transparency. He's built a business around transparency. I'll tell you more about how you can find out about him and how he runs his business and lives his life. But the bottom line is, it's a company where you can't lie. The whole place is a company where you can't lie. They hire people telling them, when you come here, we expect you to tell everybody the truth, to speak your mind they train you how to tell the truth and how to speak your mind without just being a jerk and coming off sounding like a jerk to people. But they live their lives, these 1,500 people live their lives in a way that they embody the concept of transparency, of always telling people how they feel, explaining why they feel the way that they feel. And through this transparency... They've created great things and done great things and made tons and tons of money. So we are going to dive into making safety a prerequisite with transparency. Sounds like it might be sort of contradicting things. Safety, telling the truth. We'll see. Everybody has heard the saying that the truth hurts. But how many people have heard the other part that is often said that, but lies are worse? Why are lies worse than the truth? You don't learn. You don't learn. You don't grow. Sorry? They create a standard. What does that mean, they create a standard? It's the norm. Lying, it becomes the norm. Giving, uh, giving rosy information always becomes the norm. Okay, good one. What else? Probably feedback much, much later in life that you needed earlier. Mm -hmm. Yeah. change or the impression is set. The impression is set. You believe that you're doing good. You, you, people told you where you were doing good. They, the standard has been set to always give rosy information, and then you realize, oh, my God, for all those years I was terrible at that thing. Why, why didn't somebody tell me? That's why... Lies are worse because you don't know. And when you don't know, you can't do anything about it. But it feels easier for us as people to just lie. Little, it's a little white lie. You just told a little white lie so I wouldn't hurt their feelings. But you're doing that person a disservice, right? You're not helping them 
get better. You're not giving them the information that they need to get better. You're not building trust. You are not building trust. <laughs> that is for sure. Thank you for that. You are not building trust. So when you exercise, exercise hurts, right? Not exercising doesn't hurt. Sitting on the couch doesn't hurt. But sitting on the couch isn't going to make you live longer necessarily. Uh, but exercising might. Exercising might make you happier, might make you more physically fit like me, you know. Um, but sitting on the couch is definitely not good. So I would equate this to, I would equate the truth in this particular case to the difference between exercising and not exercising. Exercising is difficult. It takes more time. It hurts, but it's better for you. Okay. So I, I, I put this slide in here. How many people have ever have ever submitted a presentation to a conference like this to talk? Few people. Good. And and usually that happens like six months ahead of time for the conference, right? And you have to tell people what are you going to talk about in great detail so they know what you're going to talk about. When do you think I finished the presentation for today? Six months ago. Not six months. Well, this morning, an hour ago, it is more right. Jason Tice was emailing me, John, you missed the last responsible moment of getting your slides in. You're a bad person. He's right. So I finished, I put this slide in, in this morning because it was in my, in my, uh, in the thing that I wrote that said this is what I was going to talk about. But this is important. You've got all of the individuals, all of the people. You've got the team. If you just think about one team, you've got all of the people that are part of the team, right? And then you've got leadership. And I'm being nice and calling them leadership, not management. Because I don't like managers, I like leaders. And so your leaders, they have to trust the team. Your leaders, they have to trust the people. The people, the individuals, they have to trust the team. They have to trust the leaders. And the team has to trust the other people on the team. The team has to trust uh, leaders. So this is the, the trust triangle of transparency. And if any of this... If anybody doesn't trust, if any one of these factors doesn't trust anybody else, um, the whole thing falls apart. You can, you're welcome to take pictures of these. I did finally get the slides to Jason this morning after he yelled at me, so they'll they'll be out on the website at some point. But we've got to have mutual trust and respect. And transparency. So as I said, the, what, what, I'm, what we're trying to get to for the rest of this presentation is to figure out how do we work all of that out. Because we don't walk into a room and just trust people. Not at the levels that we need to trust. You guys were willing to walk into this room today to trust me, to give you a presentation and to not poke you in the eye, but not necessarily trust me enough to give me your driver's license. So now what do we do? so that we start to trust people at a more fundamental level. An interesting thing that I heard one time is that the quickest way to get someone to trust you 
is to ask them to borrow a dollar. Why do you think that is? Why would... <clears throat> Vulnerability. Vulnerability. You've exposed yourself and said, I don't have a dollar. I need a dollar. Can you give me a dollar? I mean, that's a hard thing to say, isn't it? Unless you're a panhandler on the side of the street and you make a life out of it. It's kind of hard to ask somebody for a dollar. Have you ever done that at work? It's like, hey, can I borrow a dollar? Who do you ask? Usually you ask your best friend at work. Can I borrow a dollar? It's a dollar! <laughs> <laughs> but if you, so if you're ever having trouble with somebody and you know, maybe they don't trust you, ask them for a dollar. It's a little trick, a little psychological trick. This AgileLife.com. Before we go on, let me tell you about our sponsor. Agile Dev East is the premier industry event covering the latest techniques and topics in the Agile universe. Learn both foundational knowledge and new methodologies to develop skills, supercharge knowledge, and re-energize your career growth. This year's event will take place November 13th through the 18th in Orlando, Florida. As an added bonus, the event is co-located with Better Software and DevOps East Conferences. Your one registration automatically gives you access to all three programs. This means you can choose from over 100 learning and networking opportunities to build a customized week of learning that fits you and your organization's specific needs. Explore the program at adceast.techwell.com. Also, don't miss the Agile Leadership Summit at the end of the conference. The summit is a full day of in-depth discussion about increasing leadership mastery with the opportunity to learn new ways to challenge your personal leadership growth and to lead in your organizational challenges. This Agile Life listeners receive an exclusive discount of up to $600 off with code AGILELIFE when they register by the September 16th Super Early Bird Deadline at adceast.techwell.com. This agilelife.com. Okay, so how are we going to go about establishing our triangle, our trust triangle of transparency? First and foremost, it starts with you, the man in the mirror, the Michael Jackson song. You have to you have to embody transparency. What does that mean? Some Zillions of years ago, some guy said, know thyself. And, and that's where it all starts. You have to start with understanding who you are. What is your appetite for transparency? How much truth, how much truth can you really absorb? Can you really hear all of the, the bad things? Can somebody come up to you and tell you that your baby is ugly, metaphorically? <laughs> you know? Tell you that that code stinks, or that you were you were uh, a little off the rails in the retro today, or that you really spoke out of turn in some meeting about something you didn't know. What's your appetite? What, where do you stand in this? Because it, it's going to have to start with you guys now. Because in most organizations, they tell you, "I have an open door policy. I love to hear your feedback," and that's all bull stuff, right? Nobody wants to really hear that unless they believe this and they are bought into transparency and they want to live a life like this and look for ways to continuously improve and, and become better. 
You've got to live openly. When I was, to tell you a little story, when I was in college, I wrote some paper about a girlfriend that had broken up with me and shattered my life. Silly boyfriend-girlfriend stuff when I was a kid. And some kid that I went to was in a fraternity with found that paper and he put it up on the wall. And I thought, wow, that's great. Look at that. Somebody liked my paper. They put it up on the wall. And then somebody said to me, aren't you embarrassed by that? And I thought, should I be embarrassed about that? I got an A on the paper. Why should So I always have kind of weirdly lived in a way that I just, I'm the same John Sextro in here today that I am when I go home with my kids and I try and embarrass them and do dance the do the dab or whatever it is to embarrass them in front of their their friends, you know, or um, go into work and I'm, I'm the same guy there. Because you know what? For me, it just takes too much energy to try and be different people. So I'm lazy. So I'm just the same guy all the time. I'm the same pain in the butt, imperfect guy that you know, sometimes has a few beers at lunch and that's, that's who I am. I'm that person. So I'm just one person. But you've got to live openly. Openness, this is a quote from Ray. I should have quoted this. But Ray says in his book, Openness, hi, Barb. Hi. Thanks for coming. <laughs> openness leads to truth and trust. So the more open that you are with people, then we, we sense that. There's something about us as humans. We know when people are telling us things we know you know it's the it's the dollar trick it's asking for the dollar trick it's that we know that you've you've presented yourself in some sort of a vulnerable fashion you want to commune with me become a friend of mine and so i sense that and then i can be open with you as well this is this is way harder to do than it is for me to put on a slide I was driving to work one day, and this guy, I'm sure you guys have had road rage, examples of road rage, or people have gotten mad at you and tried to cut you off, and I was just driving to work. I was driving to Century Lake one day, and I'm on 141, and this guy is mad at me. I don't know what I did. Maybe I got in front of him, and he was in, he was in a big hurry, um, but I could realize all of a sudden he's zipping around me and, zip, zip, and trying to get in front of me and cut me off, and he cuts me off, and then I went around him. He... I saw what he was doing. That just pissed him off more because he didn't get my goat. You know, he didn't make me almost have an accident with him. And then he zips around me again. And there was a baby seat in the back of his car. And he went past me, and I thought, is there a baby in that car? And we're coming up to where 40 is, and there's a stoplight there right by St. Luke's. And I'm thinking i got to unlock my doors and get ready to fight this guy because he wants to kill me or something, you know. But then I remembered I need to assume good intentions. Well, he didn't have good intentions. He was mad at me about something. Fortunately, he turned. There was no fight. There was no confrontation or anything. But I remember reading in this book, uh, Life Little, Life's Little Instruction Book, that if somebody's driving crazy on the road, you should assume that there's something going on in their life that's making them have to drive crazy and not let it aggravate you. So I get 
flipped off a lot. I don't know if I'm a bad, maybe I'm a bad driver or something. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> my wife tells me I'm a bad driver. I don't think I have transparency around my driving. <laughs> but I always just assume that this person's got something going on in their life. Maybe their mom's sick at the hospital and they're trying to get there. Or maybe, you know, somebody's sick at home and they're trying to get there. And I, so if somebody's driving crazy, I'm like, prayer be with them. I'm sure they've got something going on in their life. So always try to assume good intentions in people. It's really hard, especially if they're telling you things you don't want to hear. This is an important one, too. These are all important because I put them down on slides, and so therefore they're important. Right? <laughs> Look for truth nuggets. Now... It's, it's kind of hard to explain, but everybody's truth is, is not fact, right? So there's fact, and then there's, there's what your truth is. So if there's an accident on the street and you ask everybody what happened, there's exactly what happened. And then there's what everybody perceived happened, and that's their truth, right? Um, and, and we never probably understand what all of the facts were unless there's a camera involved. But your truth is what you perceive through the lens of your life, through the lens of your brain, and then how you convey that. But somewhere in there are facts. Somewhere in there are truths that you may be able to find. Um, And so it... You know, if somebody gives you a piece of feedback, you're searching for where, and instead of and instead of thinking about, well, I just was angry that day, and so I, I yelled at that person. Instead of thinking about why did it happen, you have to take your defenses down a little bit. You have to ad- admit to and accept to being a little bit vulnerable, and you have to just hear it. And you have to just hear it listen to it, absorb it, and look for the truth nuggets. Now, the whole thing is not truth. The whole thing is their truth. The facts is what you're looking for. The truth nuggets is what you're looking for. Yeah, you were angry, you were whatever was going on with you, but what in there can you find as a nugget that you can take and cultivate and turn into improvements in your behavior? Ultimately, towards the end of making people awesome. To do that, though, you really have to get your emotions in check. Um, I remember the first time somebody ever gave me feedback in like the corporate environment, and I was 20 years old and an idiot and uh, didn't know about business and about feedback. And somebody started to tell me something. I was like, who the hell are you? Tell me how to do this. I'm 20. I know everything. <laughs> right? I, I mean, I'm 20. I've lived 20 years. I should know stuff and things. And maybe he's right. Maybe I was a bad person for that moment. But I was very defensive. This is why I did this and I had reasons. And understand me, Right? should have taken all of that down and and since then I have I've taken all of those defenses down Um, I don't 
tend to get emotional about things, so much so that somebody told me once that you're not emotional enough <laughs> at work. What does that mean? I'm just the right amount of emotion. No, but I heard that, and then I, I changed. I showed a little more emotion. Only to that person. <laughs> so I got my emotions in check. Uh, I accepted that I'm not smart as I think I am. I'm not... So today I'm not nearly as smart as I was when I was 20 because I was really smart when I was 20. And I got dumb since I was 20 years old. That's what you have to do. It starts with you, unless you work at this company where everybody can't tell a lie. It starts with you, and then we're going to figure out now how do we plant the seed? How do we enable transparency around us? We have. How do we encourage transparency? So I've got encouraging transparency and influencing transparency. Encouraging transparency is the differences among your peers, the people you work with. Influencing, for the sake of our discussion today, is like up the food chain, your boss, your boss's boss, that sort of thing. How do we encourage it? Again, it's about assessing... The team, you probably know everybody on the team pretty well. What's their appetite for transparency? How much transparency are they willing to take? And then where do we go from there? Okay, Tom's not so transparent. Um, he has trouble with transparency. I get that. How do I create safe spaces with him? Maybe it's one-on-one -on -one conversations, things that are not out in the open. Everybody else is more transparent so you can have all the discussions out in the open. Moving towards a day in place. When I started working back in 19... Blah, 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 um, somebody told me once, and you've probably heard this, praise in public and provide criticism in private. Right? How many people have heard that said before? Okay, good. That's bad. I think we should praise and criticize all at once in public. If we're transparent, we can because we, we don't we get our emotions in check and everybody understands where we're coming from with praise and with and with criticism. And I'm sorry it's so damn hot here, but at least I gave you all those cards and you can fan yourself. <laughs> and I wish everybody would fan me because I sweat a lot. Nobody give me a hug after this. <laughs> I gave out all the hugs beforehand, so I wouldn't be sweaty. Christine, sorry. <clears throat> where was I? Determine the appetite. Ask. Ask for openness and feedback. You have to. So this is where you start to ask, where can we have our safe spaces, and retrospectives? Hey, can I tell you, can I give you some stuff that, can I sit down with you, Dave, can I sit down with you and tell you some stuff that you probably really don't want to hear? And if you say no, okay. I know where you're at. If you say yes, then we can talk about it. And I'm not just going to say you're a really shitty coder. I'll say, you know, I think there's some things you can work on. You don't listen too good. I'd like to help you with that. Here's some things that I did to get better at listening. Let me help you. All right, so it's not just necessarily telling people, because telling is the easy thing, isn't it? Get off the couch. Stop hitting your sister. We do that all the time with the kids, right? Don't touch the stove. Get the dirt out of your face. But why? We need to explain that a little more to our coworkers. 
there was this guy that D and I worked with that I think he spent his whole day telling everybody, you, to solve everything, you just need to create working agreements, right? What was that guy's name? We don't need to tell what his name is. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, there's something to working agreements. Working agreements establish, like, a norm, right? Kind of a, a set of norms. And we all say, yeah, I agree. These are our working agreements. I agree that we can say things honestly to each other uh, in these particular areas. We can have these sort of conversations. And then everybody's on the same page. They say, well, I don't like it that you told me that. Well, we all agreed. I could tell you, you need to wear deodorant. <laughs> and then on Agile, we, we believe in self-organizing teams, right? Self-organizing yes. teams. And whose job is it to tell people that they're doing something wrong? Is it the Scrum Master's job? Is it the Project Manager's job? It's the team. The team's job, right? So we should all be pointing out things that we're doing that are counterproductive. It's not like we're waiting for the boss to tell him that he needs to be on time for the stand-up. No. We all feel responsible for saying you're late for the stand-up. That's not acceptable. I mean, is being late for the stand-up really the end of the world? No. But it does things like demonstrates you don't have respect for everybody else's time because everybody else got their ass here at 9 o'clock. You can't be here by 9? I'm sorry, you're 26 and playing magic till 3 a.m. Get your ass in here by 9. Sometimes I say that word. So that's how we. Assuming good intent, right? They had an emergency. If I assume assume good intent, right, I would say, what happened? Everything okay? Trying to point out it does get hard because those things happen repeatedly. You get burned enough times, right? So this is coworker to coworker. You're saying not a manager. At this point, this is this is my advice to you for coworker to coworker. Thank you for keeping me honest. Assume good intentions. Yeah, maybe the dog died that morning, and then I charge you a dollar for being late to stand up or make you sing the national anthem or something. We have to assume assume good intent. Is it a pattern with the person? If it's a pattern, then I assumed good intent the first time you were late for stand up. You wanted to get here on time, but something happened, so no big deal. Three times, four times. There's a pattern there, right? Thank you for pointing that out. What's your name? Michelle. When you leave, get a piece of candy from the S3 table right there. <laughs> <laughs> you earned it. <laughs> You're just here assume good intent. <laughs> Very good. Thank you, Brad. You just hear assume good intent all the time, but like you said, it is the hardest because it's a lot of things happen over and over again. And so it starts to be like, like you said, a pattern. So it, it just it is very hard. And patterns negate good in, assuming good intentions. Assuming good intentions works once, twice, whatever. Patterns of bad behavior need to be addressed. Okay. So like I said, and like Michelle said, that was for us person to person working as a team. Now, what do we do when our boss, we need to talk to the boss, and we need to talk to the boss's boss, or the director, or the vice, vice president, or, or whatever? You got it again. Understand 
how much truth can your boss really take? Because some bosses can't take any truth at all, and some bosses can take an extraordinary amount of truth that you didn't even know that they could take. So where are they? What are the benefits to you telling them the truth? What are the benefits to you telling them the truth? I had a boss tell me one time, don't ever let me be surprised. Okay, I, I can handle that. Because he got surprised one time and I looked like a real dummy because I didn't tell him about something. But the benefits are, we are honest with you about where things are at. You know, you can help us do things. A lot of times, despite what you may believe, bosses really do want to help you. They want to help you be successful because it makes them look good. So, what are the benefits? To that? Explain to them what the benefits of transparency are. You're going to hear the information you need. You have an opportunity to get better. You have an opportunity to help us get better. It makes you better. It makes us better. It makes you look good. It makes us look good. It's a win-win scenario. Ask Again, ask before you start to have those transparent conversations. Don't wait to give them the bad news. And what they really love is when you show them some sort of improvement as a result, or you can demonstrate some sort of improvement. It's harder when you're trying to explain to the boss why what they're doing and them asking everybody to work 55-hour weeks isn't going to work well for the team. And so you've got to show some sort of improvement, demonstrate some sort of improvement in, in one way or another, and you've got to figure that out. I don't know how to tell you to demonstrate that necessarily. It's different for everybody. What's your name? Douglas. Douglas, go ahead. Uh, on your first point, how, how do you suggest going about determining the I think, it, in my experience, it has to happen as a one-on-one -on -one conversation. And probably not just one conversation. Because I asked a guy one time, now I'm pretty transparent about stuff. I kind of just tell people what I think and, and let the chips fall where they may. And he was like... Yes, 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 I agree with that. That's the way I live my life, too. That was a lot. <laughs> you know? Uh, that's how he wanted to live, though. But he wasn't ready for his baby's ugly <laughs> level of transparency. Yeah. So it, it's, I think it starts with a conversation. When I mean transparent, I mean there's sometimes I'm going to tell you things that might hurt your feelings a little bit. Uh, they might go against some of your sensibilities. They might sound like things that are going to make things counterproductive around here, etc. And he says, well, I'm not sure we're ready for that yet. Then you kind of know where you're at. You say, D. I was just going to say, I think it really takes time. Like, I have a really good relationship with my manager, but I think over time you learn that if someone has really good intentions towards you, you can receive really hard feedback that hurts your feelings, but then consume it as you think about it and want to act on it, and you can give feedback that's really hard for them to take. And it might take some time for them to think about it, but they'll respect that. That, that comes with time. That comes with building trust and trying that out a few times and seeing what the result is and giving people a chance, not just on the spot to react to it, but to consume that information and see what they do with it. Candy. Red candy. <laughs> <laughs> that was me. There was a whole bowl. 
I agree with her. I yeah. think, though... You just want candy. No, I don't. <laughs> I brought my own, thanks. Um, I think, though, if you have those conversations, then you should also have a 24-hour rule. And What's the 24-hour rule? Think about it and then come back and talk about it. Because you don't want to just, you know... Um, I mean, I'll leave after a hard conversation and I think about it overnight yeah. and come back and want to talk about it again because you've got your emotions out of it. Sleep on it, right? Exactly. There's a lot that comes out of sleeping on it, Christine. We have that as part of our um, our working agreement. So when we spun up our most recent team, um, it was uh, what level of, of cussing are you okay with at work? Uh, how much feedback are you okay with? And then how soon after something happens, do you want to deal with it? And we, we went with the, you know, the lowest common denominator after we pulled the whole group. So that's actually part of our thing is um, some people like to talk about it right away, but because we have people on our team that need that night to process, we go into it as a group knowing, okay, this thing just went down, but we're not going to talk about it as a group until tomorrow morning. What's your name? Sophia. Hi, Sophia. So I don't need any candy, but um, <laughs> I uh, one of the things I did as a leader um, is I just asked my team, what is, what is trust me game? Because I came into an organization where it's completely new, not really experienced in that domain space, and so I didn't have the, the competency trust or anything like that with the team. So I'm just a matter of asking, you know, what, what does trust me to you? So I can say, <coughs> what do I need to do as a leader then to be able to garner that trust with the team? And then how I can do That's huge as a leader. To have someone walk into a room brand new and say, what do I need to do with you guys to build trust? That, that establishes, that's like asking for a dollar, but uh, ten times that. Because you, you show, I'm vulnerable, I know, I don't know everything about you guys, I want to learn about you. What do I need to do to establish trust? That's great advice. Okay, um, so that was managing up. Uh, I, I think there's. You could have like a whole presentation on managing up. I think it's it's hard. Um, I think it's something that if you get good at it, you go far. Um, so work on influencing. And there's a great book. I didn't put it in my resources slide, but there's a great book called Influence Without Authority that I read when I was 20 and realized I was dumb. And that helped me out a lot. So maybe check that one out. So we talked about all of these things. In order to, oh, I almost blinded somebody with my laser. Okay. We all we started talking about this all towards the end of trying to make people awesome, which is what we really, what coaches really strive to do when they come in and work with teams as coaches. They want to make the team awesome. They want to make the team awesome so that the team creates great products that's going to make your company awesome. It might make a department awesome, the people that use your software awesome. Um, this this uh, company I used to work for, Monsanto, they gave out this award. And uh, maybe, Barb, they still give it out. Insanely great customer no. service. No, no more insanely great? Why not? We're just all insane. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely all insane. Do you know somebody complained because it was called the insanely great award? Because they didn't like insane. Right. Safety. 
be safe with it. I think that was a Steve Jobs thing, though. He started the whole be insanely great thing. I saw that in the movies, so don't trust it. But what we want to do by making people great is be able to have more focused retros. Today we start with establishing safety. We do the prime directive. Everybody worries to a great extent about how much they can share. So our retros are already sort of crippled because we're very worried about hurting feelings. So imagine that we're all in the liar, liar movie and we just can't tell lies. But even further than that, the truth doesn't hurt us. And the truth we just take as information, as data. And I'm not saying to be a robot or to act like a computer, act like you have no emotion, but it's just a matter of getting some of that emotion in check within the safe space. And we establish that safe space. We want to establish safe spaces, the entire work environment all of the time, but soon good intention. Start with the fact that you're keeping your emotions under control rather than reacting to everything. So we can have more focused retros. We can worry about we can worry less about hurting people's feelings and more about where can we improve as a team. And then we can be fast. We can have really fast retros. I don't have to beat around the bush. I don't have to dodge issues. I don't have to explain myself. I don't have to defend myself. We can just talk about what's wrong and work it out. And I said the first three things. It's easier to get to the crux of an issue. What's the crux of an issue? It's the it's the heart of the issue, right? It's it's the real thing that's the problem. It's it's the little demon seed that's inside of all of the side effects that you're working with that are causing poor quality or causing team dysfunction or causing heartburn or heartache. It's the seed of that. Getting to that, the crux of that and then smashing it and getting rid of it. That's what happens when we can be transparent with each other. We can go right for the crux of the issue. Just a few more things. I know it's hot. I said this. With transparency, we build trust by telling the truth. Only through the truth will we truly build trust and then have transparency. Here's some things that you can find out more information about this stuff. The Modern Agile website, modernagile.org. If you want to be on the Slack channel, you can uh, you can get on that Slack channel. It's pretty easy, right? You just get out and get on it. Barb's on it. My podcast, This Agile Life. Over 100 hours of information out there already. 118 podcasts that you can go out and listen to stuff right. Talk and get crazy about stuff like trust and transparency and other things and then the book online created by asynchrony the company i work for for ray dalio principles.com you can read about all his craziness about transparency and that's this agile life is brought to you by a community of agile developers and coaches aspiring to spread the word about this groundbreaking approach to software development Join us at thisagilelife.com forward slash community.